Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to today's guest speaker, Chris Dew, for this week's message. What is up, Vineyard Church? It's Chris here. Um, I hope you're having a great 2021 so far. I'm so excited uh, to be back with you guys. I love my Vineyard Church family. Um, Let's pray real quick before we jump in, and then we'll jump into uh, the text. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, in in all of the the craziness in our world, God, I pray that you would help us to put our eyes on you, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We need you. Um, On this crazy adventure that you're taking us through, through the book of Mark, um, I just pray that you would help us uh, to view you a little bit more clearly. We love you, King Jesus. Would you speak to us now? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love road trips. I love road trips. Um, I love uh, hopping in a car with, with some awesome snacks and some good friends and a podcast, an audio book, and, and, and just heading out to hang out. Uh, but what really changes the game is, is who I'm on the trip with. That if I'm on a trip with, with great friends and great people, I don't care where we're going, we're going to have a blast because it's who I'm with. Yet if I'm with people that I don't really like too much, uh, the trip isn't going to be very awesome. You know, because it's like I don't care if uh, we're going to the Grand Canyon. If I don't really like the people I'm with, it's, it's not going to be incredible. And I want you to picture this in your mind. Uh, that your closest friend in the world calls you up on the phone and says, hey, let's go on a road trip. And you're like, yes, I'm, I'm in. Where are we going? Who else is coming? And he starts to name all your boys, all your friends. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the sweetest trip in the world. Like you're going to your favorite place on earth with all of your closest friends. And you pack your bag, you're so excited, and you head over to your friend's house, you get in the car, all your friends come over, and you're like, this is awesome. Except about half an hour in uh, uh, to the trip, uh, there's a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And he pulls over, he doesn't really explain anything, and and you're like, oh, he's probably going to just kind of, you know, pray for him, hand him some food, he's a good little Christian boy, so so this is going to be awesome. He pulls over, except then he invites him in to the car, and you're like, hmm, I'm, he kind of smells funny, he looks like a criminal kind of, why, he's, I don't really like that he's in the car. But you're like, okay, it's only one. He's, he's all the way in the back, so we're, we're fine. And then he keeps going, and there's, a, there's another hitchhiker. And he pulls over, and, and he says, hey, hop, hop in the car. And he hops in the car with you. And, it, and um, he keeps doing this over and over again. He picks up these hitchhikers who smell weird, who look like criminals, who, who, who this, this is not a fun road trip anymore. You had in your mind, this was going to be the best road trip, you and your closest friends, this great place, except then he starts adding other people who don't, aren't really your friends. 
Like you don't really like these types of people. They don't look clean and all this. And this is kind of what's happening in our scripture here this morning. Is that up until this point, this road trip with Jesus has been quite amazing. Right? Like you got James and John and Andrew and Simon Peter, all fishermen who are in uh, the car with Jesus. And it's, it's amazing, right? He's, he's healing people. He's pulling over, praying over people, healing them. He's, he's uh, preaching awesome messages. Everything's going fine. But this scripture here, it kind of turns the t- storyline just a little bit. If you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and flip open uh, the book of Mark, um, and we're in chapter 2, verse 13 is where I'm going to start reading. This is what the Word says. He, um, it means Jesus, uh, that he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. Um, And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and he followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, there were lots of tax collectors and sinners who were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were a lot who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, as they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with those people? Like, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said, and this is our key text for this message, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but who I came for were sinners. This is a beautiful, beautiful story. It's one of my favorites in the whole Bible. Because ultimately what happens is that Jesus is chilling with those people. Like the horrible people, the drug addicts and the prostitutes and the tax collectors and sinners. And I know in our day and age, as we hear the word tax collector, we think IRS, right? We think that it's a respectable human being and it's IRS, except in this day and age, he was the enemy of the pious Jews, Uh, that he was ultimately uh, a thief and a robber, Uh, that he was working for uh, the Roman occupying political force and he was hated. And here is Jesus as he goes about teaching close uh, to the ocean and the sea that he calls this man who is a tax collector and sinner. But it's not just that he calls one guy named Levi, but rather that he's eating with lots of tax collectors and sinners. He's with all the broken people and the scribes and the Pharisees come up and they're like, 
that doesn't seem right. Jesus is claiming he's a teacher and a prophet and, and, and all these things, but why is he chilling with those people? Like, shouldn't he be hanging out with the clean people and the pious people and the Jewish people? But he, he, he keeps picking up these hitchhikers that, that are criminals and, and they're bad people and he keeps asking them to follow him. And now he's not just doing a Bible study, but he's eating and drinking with those people. And I love Jesus. He responds with this text. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but I came for the sinners. There are three things uh, that I want to point out in this scripture uh, that I think are going to be helpful for us as we move forward. Here's point number one. We are all spiritually sick. We are all spiritually sick. I love road trips only if I'm driving, right? I'm one of those type A control freak type of people who if I'm driving, things are great, right? I'm, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm eating my snacks. I'm listening to my audiobook or my podcast and I can, I can speed a little bit. I can drive, but I trust my driving. Except I hate road trips when I'm in the passenger seat, right? Because what I do is I get, I think you're going to kill us every, every time. I don't care who you are. I'm like looking at the speedometer. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm slamming my brake on the ground that doesn't exist. I'm, I'm holding on. I'm like, hey, there's a cop. There's a cop. I'm the worst passenger on road trips, right? Because I love it when I'm driving. Even if I'm going the same speed as you, it's okay if I'm doing it. Except it isn't okay when you are doing it. And this is kind of like how the scribes and the Pharisees were, right? That ultimately they had these huge planks in their eye, except, and they're like, you got a speck in your eye. And this is all over our culture right now. It's all over politics. It's all over our world is that we want to ignore our sin, our shortcomings, except we want to point out everything in everyone else's life. And ultimately what Jesus is explaining here is that, uh, that everyone is spiritually t- sick. Uh, there's only two types of people in our world today. Uh, there are people who uh, that they think they're good enough on their own and they're not spiritually sick and they're wrong about that. Uh, but then there's also people who rightly understand that they are spiritually t- sick. Here's my question for you this morning. Who are you? in this story? Um, are you the person that, that, that acts like they have it all together, clean the outside of the cup on the outside, you, you play the part, you act like you're okay, or are you the person who, who knows they're spiritually sick, who knows they're broken, who knows they need a physician? Because here's what the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This means we are all spiritually sick. We've all sinned. You and I, the tax collector and the scribe, the addict and the teacher. We, we, we are all spiritually sick. But here's the thing is that a lot of times that, uh, that we look at people who have public uh, spiritual sickness, the drug addict, the, the homeless person, and we look down on them and we think, man, that, that's a sinner. 
Yet scripture teaches that the ground is level at the cross, that it, it, it's all of us who are spiritually sick. So if it's obvious or it's hidden, if it's public or it's private, if it's addiction or it's pride, we are all spiritually sick. That's point number one. We're all spiritually sick. Here's point number two, is that Jesus is the great physician. Jesus is the great physician. This is really good news, right? The bad news is that, yes, we are all spiritually sick, yet in this text, Jesus is clarifying, hey, yes, everyone's spiritually sick, yet I came because I am a good physician. Explains in uh, the book of Matthew, it says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Happy are those who know they're not good enough on their own, for theirs is the kingdom of God. This is what Christ is teaching. Is that how you get into the kingdom of God is through your acknowledgement that you're not good enough on your own. And this is why I love hanging out with addicts and pastoring addicts and preaching to drug addicts, right? Because this takes no convincing for them. Absolutely no convincing, right? I go into a prison or the rehab center or, or something. I'm like, so all of us are spiritually sick, right? And everyone in the room is going to be like, yep, amen. Because we all know we're broken and beat up, except I struggle. I struggle with pastoring regular people. I struggle with preaching uh, to like average people that have a house and a job and all these things, right? Because this takes so much convincing. It's, 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 hey, listen, oh my gosh, I know you're not a liar, but you lie. I know you don't commit adultery, yet you have lust in your heart. I know you're not slaughtering people and killing them, yet you have anger in your heart. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. How you get into the kingdom is that you acknowledge that you are spiritually broken, that you're spiritually sick. Uh, there's a parable that Jesus explained in Luke chapter 18. And it's, uh, it's a parable about a tax collector and a Pharisee who each head up uh, to the temple. Um, as they get close to the temple, the uh, Pharisee heads in the temple and he holds his arm up and he says, Lord, I'm so thankful I'm not like this guy. Lord, I'm so thankful I'm not a tax collector and a sinner. Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm a Pharisee. Uh, but then it pans over to the tax collector and he's hiding his face. He won't even come in the temple and he ultimately says, God, I'm, I'm unworthy to come into your presence. I, I, I can't be here. And then he says, have mercy on me, a sinner. And how Jesus ends this parable is that ultimately he explains that only one guy left there right with God. And it wasn't the Pharisee who thought he was good enough on his own, but rather it was the tax collector who knew he was poor in spirit, who knew he was spiritually sick, who are you in this text? Who are you in that story? Are you the one that your whole life you've thought, man, I, I do good works. I'm not like those people, therefore I'm right with God. Or are you the person that at some point in your life you realize, I'm not. 
I can't do this on my own. I'm spiritually sick and in heart and action in nature. I, I, I can't do this. I need a savior. I need a physician. And then you've allowed him to change your life because Jesus is the great physician. He wants to heal our brokenness, yet how he heals it is ultimately we have to acknowledge that we are spiritually sick. Um, I recently heard another parable type thing in a book, and it was explaining um, about a man who trained his whole life to go and help this one tribe. Uh, the tribe was, um, had an illness that was easy to fix, but ultimately they had to trust uh, the people uh, to do it, right? So ultimately, this guy trained his whole life. He learned the language. He learned how to um, heal the illness that all of them were dealing with. Um, and then finally, when he's like 28 years old, he flies over there. And he, he's so excited, right? He gets here and the tribes people welcome him with open arms. He speaks the language. They have a big party. It's so fun. And then he says, all right, I'm here to help your illness. I'm here to help your illness that has been hurting your tribe for so long. Um, your kids are dying from it. Your wives are dying. I'm, I'm here to help it. And uh, the tribes people say, we don't have any illness. He'd be like, but, but I know, I've studied. I know you haven't. I, I came here. I trained my whole life so I could help you. And they said, no, it's fine. And over the course of a few years, as the, uh, the kids kept dying, their spouses kept dying. Their friends kept dying. Eventually, the, the head of the tribes uh, ultimately come up to him and say, hey, um, will you help us? Um, I know why you're here. And yes, we do have an illness happening in our tribe and we want you to help us. How do you think he would feel in that moment? Do you think he would say, oh, I knew it. You, you guys are sick. No. He would be overjoyed because the whole point of him coming there, all the training, all he did was in order that he could help these people. He already knew they were sick. He just wanted to help them. And he did. He operated on them, and it was, it was absolutely a miracle. Uh, they were all healed. It, it helped the whole tribe. This is how it is with Jesus. The whole point of him coming here to earth, he explains in this text, is he came to heal the spiritually sick. He came that we may have life and, and healing in him. And he is overjoyed when we expose our brokenness to him, expose that we're poor in spirit, expose that we can't do it on our own. We're spiritually bankrupt. He is overjoyed when we ask for help. And he's frustrated as we clean the outside of the cup, except we hide what's really broken inside of us. I want to ask you, will you come to Jesus? Expose your brokenness and come humbly like those tribes people did. They said, Hi, man, we are broken and we know you're a healer and we need you to heal us. That's the plea of Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest no matter how broken you are, how screwed up your life is, how much wrong you've done, Jesus is a great physician. And he isn't one of those like, all right, I just got out of school, kind of, kind of no, no, he's world, he's the best there is at healing what's broken inside of us, public and private. Jesus is the great physician. Quit playing games. 
Come to Jesus with your brokenness. He loves to heal. We are all spiritually sick. Jesus is the great physician. And here's our last point, and it's an action step more than anything, is that we need to follow Jesus's example. That we need to follow Jesus's example. Here in this scripture that we're looking at, we see that he doesn't hide from the spiritually sick. That he doesn't... I think, I think oftentimes that we treat spiritual sickness like it's COVID-19. Can I be real? Ultimately, we quarantine from people who are spiritually sick. Yet as we look at the Bible, this is the exact opposite of what Jesus did. He did not quarantine from the broken people. He did not hide in his house from the broken people while they went spiritually sick and passed away and had mad. No, no, no. Jesus went towards the broken. He went towards those who were living in darkness. He went towards those people and vineyard. If we're going to impact our communities, we cannot hide from spiritual sickness. We need to be present in the brokenness. You are the light of the world, Christian. You are the light of the world. And if we hang out only in places where there's lots of other lights like this room, we won't do much good. But if we go into the darkness, if we go into the brokenness and we shine our light, we will be advancing the kingdom of God forward. Yes, people should criticize us. Wait, wait, wait. You 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 hang out with that girl? You know what she's been doing. Hold on, hold on. You hang out with those people? Do you know what they believe about this? Yeah, yeah, I do. Jesus was criticized. I mean, why is he eating and drinking with those people? Isn't he supposed to be with people like us, the cleaned up ones? No. Jesus was present in the brokenness. Here's my question for you. Who is Jesus calling you to go and reach? Who's in your car, ultimately? To go back to the opening analogy that we talked about, uh, that we're on this road trip, um, and it's called life. Who's in your car? It's your friends and your family and, and all of that, but, but who are the hitchhikers? who that Christ is trying to invite them into your car, but you keep driving past. Let's invite some hitchhikers into our cars. This is how we will change the world. Look at who Jesus had on his team, who Jesus had in his car. He had the uh, fishermen, tax collectors, and the zealots all the political rivals. He had people who had robbed each other probably on his team. He had all these different types of people in, on his team. Here's my question. Who can you invite into your car? I don't think we should like head out alone and just like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to reach the people all by myself. No, no, no. I think it's great to have other people uh, that come along with you. 
And it's awesome to have a home church and a home team that are your closest friends and family, but who else is he calling you to reach? Let's not quarantine from spiritual sickness and hide in our houses while people are going to, you know, just, just having these hard lives and are spiritually sick. Rather, let's follow Jesus's example. Head into the darkness, head into the brokenness and invite hitchhikers in our car. How we change our community isn't by hiding in our homes, quarantining from spiritual sickness, but rather is through following Jesus's example. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but I came for the spiritually sick, the spiritually broken. We're all spiritually sick. Jesus is the great physician, and let's follow Jesus's example. All right, guys, here's my question for you. Man, what is your action step out of this message? I think it's easy to hear a message like this and just be like, yeah, all of us are spiritually sick. He came for the broken. He's the great physician. And let's go follow his example, except then we really aren't really exactly sure what to do with what we just heard. So here's, here's a few action steps. If you're listening to this, I mean, you're a Christian. Who, uh, that you may have drifted into spiritual pride. And as you uh, just kind of reflect on the past few years of your Christian life, or past few months, that you can't remember the last time that you confessed and repented of sin in your life. I want to encourage you to pray Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Point out any grievous way in me and lead me in the path everlasting. His action step to you is to pray, search me, God, if there's anything in me, and then to repent of anything he points out and spiritual pride. We as Christians are called to live a lifestyle of repentance. The healing process isn't going to be done until he calls us home. Or maybe that you're listening to this and you have just slowly drifted into your comfort zone, that you can't remember the last time that you hung out with a person that wasn't a Christian or had someone over to your house uh, that was a little bit spiritually sketchy in your mind. Who's that person that he's calling you to get out of your comfort zone to face a little bit of criticism even, to be present in their brokenness? Who's he calling you to have over to your house to start investing in, to start praying for and helping? Uh, I mean, then lastly, uh, if you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, man, I, I, I know I'm spiritually sick, uh, but I don't know Jesus. And I've, I've, heard about Christ maybe. It's like a tribes person that and I, I heard he heals people and stuff, but I've never been healed by Jesus. I want to encourage you that Jesus is the great physician. And there's a reason why you're hearing this right now and listening to this. And it's because the God of the universe loves you. Just as he called Levi here, just as he called Matthew, 
He said, follow me. He saw him in his brokenness, in his pain. He was hurting and helpless. And he said, hey, young man, follow me. He sees you. He sees what you're going through. He loves you so much. He says, follow me. How this happens is through the gospel, that there is a holy God who is real. He made everything in the universe for his glory and our joy. And he made you and I and all people to have a personal relationship with him. Except through our spiritual sickness and our sin, all of us have turned away from God and said, I don't really want you. I think I'm smarter than you. I'm going to try to find life in other things. It's called sin. And ultimately the main problem with sin is that it separates us from that all-satisfying God of the universe. In His presence there is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. He is the joy we're looking for and all of us are left with this hole in our soul because we're separated from Him and because He's a holy God. His wrath is on all sin and that includes us. Yet the best news in the universe is that He's not just a holy, just judge, but He's also a loving Father. And He loves you and I so much that He sent His Son Jesus, who was a real guy. He really lived. He he healed people when he was on earth. He preached a lot of messages. He hung out with the screwed up people of the world. And eventually the hyper-spiritual people had him arrested. And they spit on him. And they threw stuff at him. And they crucified on a criminal's cross. And on that cross, he took all the punishment for your sin and mine. All of our spiritual sickness was was poured out on him through his wounds we are healed and then after he was dead he was put in a tomb but he didn't stay dead on the third day Jesus Christ literally rose from the dead conquering sin and death and everything and scripture says if we will repent of our sin and place our faith in Christ, we will be reconciled to the God of the universe. All of our sin will be forgiven, and we will be made well eventually. King Jesus is Lord of all, and he calls to you right now, follow me. Turn from your old life. Leave everything that you have going on and give your whole self to me. But if that's you, um, I'm just going to ask you to pray with me. Let's all just, uh, just kind of close our eyes real quick. And if, if that's you, and if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I, yeah, that's me. I'm spiritually sick. I need a physician. I need to be saved. I'm ready to leave everything and follow Christ. Uh, then you know, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, but it's your faith that saves you. Um, and you can also pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I need you to save me. I know I'm spiritually sick, and I know you're a great physician. I know you died on the cross in my place. And I know you got up from the grave. 
and I repent of my old life and all my sin, and I place my faith in you, Jesus. Here's my life. Have your way in me. You are now my Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Vineyard, I love you so much. All of us are spiritually sick. Jesus is the great physician, and we are called to follow his example. And let's go do it. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.